0: Hello everybody,
1: this is Danny and Alex. Alex,
0: on your Daily Weird, I am so excited. I have some juicy material to tell you guys about for the Thanksgiving um, Daily Weird. And also, um, we're going to go over fall history with Thanksgiving and squashes and pumpkins. But we're also going to include river monster Jeremy Wade, host of river monsters, and his book, and on the cover of that book is an African tigerfish, a giant charan of the Congo. It's really fascinating. But first, we're going to dive into the history of pumpkins and squashes and how to grow pumpkins and squashes. Sounds so, good. So, yeah. I'll get that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But anyway, The Complete Squash is a book by a woman named Amy Goldman. And the photographies are by someone named Victor Strogler, and forwarded by Kent. So these, this is the book. This is recording
1: video. Yeah, uh, is it not recorded? the app, not the podcast. But I can, I can get a picture of the book. Yeah, I uh, get about, a picture of the book. I can get I the link. Use... I can get the link to that book. Um, Yeah, it's really, it's a
0: $40 book, so it's not something you're going to find cheap. No. But this is a book, Amy Goldman is basically a seed saver from the Seed Savers Exchange, and I don't know if you know about the Seed Savers Exchange. It's basically a company that saves and promotes heirloom seed, and this book is really an incredible book. This book is about... um, the squashes and pumpkins of yesteryear, of you know, like times past, and we are losing a lot of our heirloom heritage. And this is a good way to connect with some of that. I mean, only two dozen of the 150 varieties in this book are widely grown, so these are really rare. Some of them are tumble, and the Australian blue group are teetering on the bridge of extinction. Wow. So, yeah. So basically um, this book talks about growing them. Now if you can grow a pumpkin you can grow just about any of the four species of cucurbits. Keep in mind you can grow up to four different types of squash in a garden but each one of them has to be one species of the cucurbit. You can't grow two C. maxima or two be pepo because otherwise they'll mix and cross and you'll ruin seed and you have to make sure the seeds are like a half mile apart between different species. Wow. Yeah, so they're kind of, they're easy to grow and yet they're not easy to grow. I mean, they're very, they, they do grow um very rapidly and very fast and They do grow quickly and they need a lot of fertilizer and water in the beginning. But they do have a couple of diseases which I will go over in a little bit. And they're also really, a lot of them are more fit to feed livestock than actual people. But there are some in this book that are good for people too, like the tumble one and the Australian blue and others are table squashes, but lots of these squashes are like good for only livestock to fat and livestock. They're not really good for people, which is one of the reasons why they're so rare. most of us don't have livestock anymore so do you have any um knowledge about squash other than Halloween? Oh um, well, no, I, the only
1: things I know is that there's a very different kind of squash. There's zucchini squash. Yep, zucchini there's, is a squash, yep. Um, Summer there, squash. Yeah, and then there's all these, like, acorn squash. Yep. Um, which I love eating. Yep, and love I actually grow
0: some heirloom varieties of acorn. The white ones, they're, like,
1: big and white, yep. sugar
0: loaf or whatever their name is. Yeah.
1: And then there's like pumpkins, there's...
0: Yeah, and did you know, here's a curious fact, did you know that there are pumpkins for baking and there are pumpkins for carving? You can't really eat a carving pumpkin, much less carve a baking pumpkin. There are two different varieties of pumpkin. There's pumpkins that we use to can... For pumpkin pies and stuff like that. And then there are pumpkins that we carve into jack-o'-lanterns. And then there are really, really big pumpkins that we put in uh um, contest at the fair and stuff like that. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah. And um, basically, pumpkins are giant vines, and they grow super big. I mean, some of these pumpkins can grow up to 2,000 pounds. Wow. Yeah. It said that if it was perfectly uniform, I was watching a YouTube video on this. It said if a pumpkin was perfectly uniform and had everything right, it could reach up to twenty thousand pounds. But nature and genetics and growing conditions aren't really that perfect, so about three thousand is about as big as we can get them right now. Nice. And you can have you have to pay sometimes over a hundred dollars for a single seed. Wow. Yeah. So, here I'll go through some of my favorite heirloom varieties. Some of these have seeds that are very uh, transparent and actually you farm them for their seed. You don't farm them for their flush. Okay. This is an oil seed pumpkin. Um, Naked seeded pumpkins are called. And this one is... It's a pepo, so that's a species. Australians produce the most inquisitive pumpkin seed oil from thin-coated pumpkin seeds. Once you've tasted delicate and strangely flavored corbis Carni, also called... What is that?
1: Uh... Corbis grano? Corbis uh, they, I mean, I uh, know there's drizzled, like a...
0: Drizzle on salads and steamed vegetables are used as part of a marmalade or That's... vinaigrette. You'll know why the Austrians of Syrah have been making pumpkin or seed oil for nearly 300 years. The Sirens welcomed a thin coated variant which wiped out, peered out of nowhere, 1870. Wow. Well, that's really interesting. So some pumpkins are farmed for their seed versus their flesh. Yeah. And some pumpkins are just farmed for livestock feed, like I've already said. This is one of my favorite kinds. This is called... um, The
1: Jepodico. No, it
0: kind of reminds me. I don't know if they have it here, but this is one called Yokohama. Okay. Yokohama is one of my favorite varieties. I've grown it before. It's a Japanese heirloom brought over in 1830 by a guy named James Hook, And he brought over the seeds from Japan and he grew them in his garden and they had a brief window of popularity and then they kind of went back into dismal wanderings and they got rescued by a seed company named Baker Creek. This is the neck group, Canada Crook Neck. Uh neck uh Bocona butternut.
1: Oh yeah, butternut squash. I love yeah. butternut squash.
0: And what about your banana squashes? Those are Yeah,
1: those cool. are good too, yeah.
0: Yeah? And Dakota, this is Dakota. And this is the sea pumpkin of um of the Scottish Highlands.
1: Wow. That's pretty cool. That is amazing.
0: Very lumpy. I remember a childhood story I had about about gourds. When my mom and I were, when my mom was still alive, she and I were cleaning out a closet and I found an old gourd and I wanted to break it open and grow seed. I don't know what it was from, but she said, sure, go ahead. We'll make a garden next year. So I did. I grew them in the garden. And they grew up over the radiator into the lawn. The whole vine took over the entire garden. And one day I was playing in the backyard and I looked under a leaf and I saw a lumpy cord. And this might have been the disability that I have. It might have been me freaking out about the lumpiness. But I went, oh, and I screamed and I ran out of the yard and didn't want to go back in the yard for over a year. And my dad had to clean out the squash vines. I was scared of them. And I even made a song about it. Uno, 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 lumpy, bumpy gourds, lumpy, bumpy gourds. And they look like watermelons, but they were just so lumpy. And the texture just jumped out at me, and I got really scared. I didn't like
1: that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm used to the smooth skin varieties. But there are varieties out there that are lumpy, and that's just part going to cucurbits. Banana group. Yeah. And this is the Australian group. This is one called Trimble. But I was telling you about that one. Oh, wow. It looks like a three-leaf clover. It's supposed to be a very, very old, very, very good squash to eat.
1: Nice.
0: Yeah. So, some of you may be asking, why squash? Why grow squash? Why cultivate squash? Squash has a lot of history behind it, and it's actually very, very easy to grow. All you need to do is plant seed around... Um, mother's day or a little bit after mother's day you put seed in the ground and they grow make sure you buy heirloom seed from a reputable seed company like baker creek or seed savers exchange or something like that and basically you grow them in the ground and they come up it's first the seed leaves then the true leaves then they grow into a vine then they fruit and Squashes and pumpkins are ridiculously easy to grow. They do, as I've said before, have a few pests and diseases. They have one called squash bugs, and they have another one called cucumber beetles. But the worst pest they have is called the squash vine borer. Now, have you ever seen a squash vine borer? They're black and red and they're Uh moths, they're like big wasp-like moths, and they lay eggs at the base of a squash vine. When I first saw my first squash vine borer when I was growing those acorn squashes in the community garden, I thought it was a wasp. I was like, dang, I better not touch that. I don't want to get stung. But then I researched it more, and I found out it was a moth, a wild moth, that lays eggs in your squash plants. And what happens is these eggs are laid at the foot of a vine, then the larvae bore into the vine, they cut off circulation, and the only way to take them out is to dissect the vine and take them out with a, a needle or a q-tip. Q- Better yet, what I like to do is throw on some gloves, and then I like to take a syringe without a needle, just a regular syringe, and put BT, which is a disease of caterpillars, and inject it into the vine, and then that will kill the squash bore vine larvae and save your vine. And yep. you have a narrow window of opportunity to stop squash vine borer. Squash vine borer is um, prevalent in June. It likes to come out in June this, in this area. It only has about one generation a year in the north. But it's a very pretty moth. But if you ever see it, you want to kill it. You want to, you know, catch it. Get rid of it. Because it's a very, very bad pest of squash. And squash bugs. Are like box elder bugs. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. They're a cousin to the box elder bugs, and they will proliferate and grow and grow. And they suck vine sap from the vine, and then they end up. Their poop can actually make the vines turn white and moldy, and ew, they're not good. Yeah. You don't want to have squash vine or and you don't want to have squash bugs. Another pest is. The cucumber beetle. Now, most people know those black and white beetles that are found on cucumbers. They affect squash too because they're all part of the same family. They all vine. They're all called cucurbits, and they all have a common ancestor way, way back in their evolutionary history. So, um, Amy Goldman. About Amy Goldman. She is. She wants to preserve the agricultural heritage and genetic diversity of the world's fruits and vegetables. Known to viewers as Martha Stewart, living in PBS, this vegetable rights activist, has written for organic gardening has been profiled in, in such publications as the New York Times and How to Garden. She is the author of Melons for the Passionate Grower. She lives in New York City in rhine New York. Nice. So this book... It features squash breeds that are very rare or non-existent anymore. Some of them don't, sadly, don't have a seed company representing them. So I don't know how she got um, seed from them. Maybe she just collected them from a Seed Savers Exchange membership. But, like, the Brazil one doesn't have a seed company, um, really, uh... Representing it anymore. But yeah, that's my take on the complete squash passionate growers guide. Now another book that I have today is called River Monsters. Before I go into River Monsters, let's talk a little bit about Thanksgiving. What is your favorite part about Thanksgiving?
1: Being with family. Yeah. I think I mean I'd like to say the food, but um, I mean, food's not why you're there. The right. reason why you're there is to spend time with family, be thankful that you and have yeah. the family members in your life. Um, be because with family one day they're not
0: always going to be there. Exactly. Right you know, you yeah. gotta you can't take family for granted because uh-huh. as people get older, yeah, yeah
1: that is true. So, you know, being at these Thanksgiving events... Um for those who don't have family or for those who are too into their school you have you can do it after Thanksgiving. I mean, this is literally a day where you get to spend the whole day with your family, be able to con- converse and Talk eat a about nice these. meal. Yep. Eat a nice meal, be thankful, watch a little bit of football. <laughs> um, it's just I'm one not the,
0: really much of a football person. It's I'm just, more of a giant river
1: monster yeah. person, but that's that's just me. So I mean, it's just one of those things that you want to take advantage of the time you have with your family because, like like Alex was saying, that they're not always going to be there. Yeah,
0: it could be that people they that they move
1: far away or they pass away. So. Yeah. Um, it's just one of those things that it's going to be hard, you know, you want to spend as much time with your family as you can. So I highly recommend to dump schoolwork, dump work, do whatever you can do to spend time with your family on Thanksgiving.
0: Yes, exactly. So, yes. Tell your boss, I'm blankety-blank going to go spend time <laughs> with my family.
1: Exactly.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I like my dad and my mom, and Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, do you want to know the differences between domestic turkeys and wild turkeys? They're radically different birds.
1: They are. From what I heard, that domestic turkeys are actually farmed yep. for the reason to become turkey yep. um, turkey dinners. Did you also but, know? Um, the wild turkeys are actually almost vulture-like, where um, they, they tend to stay in groups sometimes yep. and... They're, it's a lot harder to cook a uh, wild turkey or make a wild turkey dinner because of the, the different game-y-ness. the, the gaminess yeah like they're they're it's a gamey um yeah. taste so it's not it's not going to be the same as uh, getting a, a regular. Yeah, turkey. and
0: they're actually, the intelligence level of the wild turkeys are very, very high compared to the domestic. Correct. And not only that, domestics can't even mate normally; they have to be artificially inseminated. So they're just they're just radically different birds and. Usually because they're bred to be meat, they don't live very long, domestic no. turkeys, if they're allowed to. They maybe only live four or five years at most. Maybe not even that, maybe a year or two years. Whereas wild turkeys will easily live three to four years if they're cared for good. Yeah, They're very beautiful birds too. They are. They're really pretty. I remember when I was um, a kid, we uh, went to a farm called Wilder. I was in EBD, I wasn't in an actual autism program until, I wasn't actually in an actual autism program yeah. until after I was in junior high, but I would go to this place called Wilder and they had a wild turkey, Tom, and it was gorgeous bird, yeah. absolutely gorgeous bird.
1: I remember going to Wilder and it's amazing. Um, there was a time where we would look for deer tracks and we'd pour like uh, f- uh, uh, You went to Wild? That's really yeah, cool. Way back when and um I I would pour these this filling mold into, into the- like a mold into a hoof and then we get these molds. Deer tra- yeah. These deer deer track molds, um, which is really fun. Yeah. And then there's another place where time where we would find in the fall we'd go and we'd find the coolest maple leaf. And then they would Put, they would dip it in, like, this wax-type substance, and then you can make a magnet out of it. They'll dry Ooh. it, and then you get, to, you get to have, like, a magnet-like um, maple, leaf. maple leaf on your yeah. fridge. It was pretty cool. It
0: takes 50 gallons of maple sap in yeah. order to make one gallon of maple syrup. I thought it was 30, but one of my staff corrected me. He said his father used to do it, and he said 50 gallons. Wow. So that's a lot of sap. You have to wait till the tree is at least forty years old. Because if you milk a tree when it's too young, you'll kill it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So you want to be careful of that. Now, what else? What else was I gonna say? Um, my second book, River Monsters: Two Stories of the Ones That Didn't Get Away. And if you've ever watched the show River Monsters from Animal Planet, this is the book is all about that. This book is about the the wildest, biggest, most dangerous fishes in the world. Let's see, he has the goonch of India, the Wells catfish of Europe, the goliath tigerfish of Africa, the Congo, piranha, Arapyma, which I actually saw today at the aquarium, by the way, Yeah. not really a good aquarium fish. I don't think arapyma really belong in a tank. They can get to be 15 feet and weigh hundred wow. pounds. I don't think someone who, something that gets to be 15 feet long really belongs in a tank. Yes. Uh, Parabia, which is a giant uh, catfish-like relative of the plictus catfish of the Amazon, it actually can eat people. Wow. And the kanduru, well, that's uh, a little shop of horrors right there. It's a parasitic catfish that swims up you, you know what, in men and women, and you have to get surgery to remove it. Yes. The Nile perch was released into the Lake Victoria, and now it's being fished out of Lake Victoria, and uh, the are coming back. Alligator gar, freshwater shark, river stingray. Lake Atlama Monster, Lake Alaska's Loch Ness, Snakehead, River Shark Revisited Uh Bulacata is a river spirit, unknown until fifteen years ago that leave tooth marks exactly like those of a human. Electric eel, sawfish, Captain's Cook Maneater, and then an Epilogue What Else Is Down There? References and Further Reading, Acknowledgements, Photocrellus About the Author. This is a really, really cool book, and I only spent $10 on that book. Nice.
1: I and mean, did you get it at half price books? Yep, I or got it, it at half price nice.
0: books. It's uh, from 2011, so it is kind of old, but yeah. I just read about all the different types of uh, fish.
1: Richard. I'm just going to get the names here so I can uh, put that them in the... Some place.
0: of them are kind of old or foreign. Um, I like the Asian river stingrays of the Mekong. That's pretty cool. Sometimes people don't want to hear about their places of origin because it brings back bad memories to them, which is really a tragic because the Mekong River is one of the most... Um, I would have to say it's one of the most ruined ecosystems of our time. It's got really big fish, yes, but for how much longer? Yeah. It's heavily dammed. It's polluted with industrial waste. It's in crisis. Yeah. The river is basically going to die in the next generation if we don't do something. Correct. So that is, yeah. So That's sad. Yeah, it is sad. The Congo River is actually one of the healthier rivers, and so is the Amazon. But who knows, you know, we have to conserve our river monsters. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: So other generations can have well, let the... Let
1: me take a picture of the top, too. The, yeah. The cover.
0: The African tigerfish is seller. All
1: right. Just watch your fingers and see okay. if they will stay up there. I want to yep. get a clear picture of the Jeremy Wade, too. Got to unlock my phone here here. There you go.
0: Awesome. Got it. So, yeah, these are the two books I wanted to talk about. And I totally agree with you, Danny, about Thanksgiving and family. You know, a lot of people just don't appreciate
1: that. No. And, I mean, again, if you're having family issues, your family's not getting along, still do it. Still take the initiative yeah. to have a family day. It happens once a year. I know so you don't... Get off your butt and do yeah, it. Yeah, uh, don't, don't be... I know there probably will be drama, but just know that you'll be together. You know, that if you have family issues in your family, it's just Put one a day a year. find a day.
0: Yes. Whoa, well, like harmony a flake is.
1: Harmony and, harmony and peace, yes.
0: Right, or uh, the carp. Carp are symbols of harmony... Love and joy.
1: Yes. So just remember that when you have your Thanksgiving meal this year, be with your family, sometimes your friends. Have this time to rejoice and uh, be thankful that you have these people that care about you and are there for you. So um, know that Thanksgiving, again, happens one time a year. um, And you want to make sure you, you... you spend it with the ones you love. Yeah, and even
0: reach out to other friends if you have yep. them. Because, um, like I said, the pilgrims, they would have never survived in Plymouth Rock in those early times if it hadn't been for the Native Americans. A lot of people forget that. Yep. A lot of people forget that the Indians, uh, their knowledge of the land, their ways of being, saved the pilgrims. Yes. It wasn't the pilgrims that actually saved, it was the Indians. Yep. So we all need to come together, find common ground, and get along.
1: Yes. All right. So we'll do one more minute. We're gonna shut this off at twenty-seven minutes. But okay, um, I want to say thank you, Alex, for letting me come to your job and uh, do this podcast. Okay, thank you. Um, to the listeners, thank you all for subscribing. Thank you all for listening to our podcast. It's greatly appreciated. Um, I do have a. Email address I can't remember off the top of my head, but it will be in the description below. Feel free to email me with Is any it questions. Is email? No, it's uh, Daily Weird Alex and and Dan or something like that. Okay, okay, It's cool. like cool. a email address I created for our podcast. Awesome. So and, uh, um Daniel Hood knows
0: about it, right? Yes,
1: he does. Cool. So anyway, feel free to email me with any concerns or questions that you would like to. Have us discuss. Yeah. We'll get that on our next podcast. Anyway, adios. Everybody have a happy yeah. Thanksgiving and have a great day. You too. Bye. Yep. Over and Bye. out. Over and out.